Hi, I'm Twilight Airshell, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. Hey, this is Jawas Eight My Jedi. Uh, in case anybody's getting any ideas, Twilight Airshell is my daughter, and she's 12 years old. So Dave's sick of <laughs> and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. Just wishing GM Chris and Twilight Goodness congratulations on being parents-to-be and hope that their little bundle of joy grows up to never listen to the Order 66 podcast. This episode of the Order 66 podcast brought to you in part by our sponsors, GoDaddy.com and Buy.com. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. www.d20radio.com Execute Order 66. Welcome, everybody. Episode number 88 of the Order 66 podcast back on the after two weeks. And uh, let me tell you that it's been an extraordinary two weeks. Ah, uh, yes, indeed. So, with me, as always, the lovely and talented Twilight Goodness. Hi. Hello, Dave. Thank you. You're always so nice to me. Of course, because <clears throat> unlike... Well, we'll get to the husbandry issues in a little bit after we uh, touch on Tiger Woods. But uh, speaking of Tiger Woods, there's uh, GM Chris. Spe- what in what do I have to do with Tiger Woods, if anything? What 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 similarities do he and I have in common at all? Type, neglecting well, the type of husband you are. Neglecting one's really? spouse, for example, <laughs> of not getting her a microphone that works for two weeks yep. since the last one malfunctioned. Uh, yep. I mean, Basically. you know, I mean, there's not getting a microphone, and then there's having an affair. I mean, the two are inextricably linked. Yes. There's absolutely. never one sin that's worse than the other. They're all equally bad. They are. They yes. all. Yeah. Ask my wife. Every, I, yes, every, ask my I wife. Any, anytime it, I do anything bad, that's it. It doesn't matter. Yes. And that's that's, that's those, part of being those a of guy. Those of you who are not married, take this as a lesson. Yes. That's right. Yes. Depending on the but depending on the mood of your spouse, not emptying the dishwasher is They're equivalent pending. to having an affair. Uh, not emptying the dishwasher. There you go. There's another one. Uh, not putting also, the seat down on the toilet. Also, depend on your wife's mood is usually a bad thing. Right. Yeah. yeah usually, that's also keep, keep yeah. taking notes, Gamer Nation. Yes. Keep. keep what? Keep. What is? What is up? <laughs> what is up, Gamer Nation? Uh, I am GM Chris, and uh, for those of you who are tuning in for the very first time, to once the again, Temple of the Absurd. I, I apologize. Uh, this is the Order 66 <laughs> podcast, the only podcast entirely devoted to Star Wars Saga Edition role-playing. And despite our witty banter and repartee, we shall have some discussion of some Star Wars Saga Edition for you this evening. Ah, uh, yeah. At, no. some, at some point. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we will. <laughs> we'll get there eventually. Uh, I miss podcasting. I hate it when we have to go two weeks. Uh. Uh-huh. But it's been a good two weeks. It has been a good two weeks. It's been Thanksgiving here in the States. 
Yes. And mm-hmm. um, other things like that. And we'll we'll touch on all that in the post show. But um, but first. But first. Accessing. Ah, good. New acquisitions. Greetings, Gamer Nation. My designation is KCK Sim, and this is your Hollow News Net update. You know, I just decided that you look rather nautical. I'm not positive about that. Nautical? Why do I look nautical? I don't, I don't, because you got something black with a white shirt and a cap that almost looks like it's got some navyish kind of. Just, uh, you know, that you'd be. Uh, on the helm of a blowboat somewhere. Oh, wow. Thank you. I don't think I've ever anyone's ever used me and the word blowboat in the same sentence before. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, they have. You're uh, yeah, she's got a point. <laughs> well, it's been a good two weeks uh, for the Gamer Nation. We've had quite a few uh, new episodes get up on the network. Um, first and foremost, uh, Game On released a very short episode, a, kind of a teaser episode, episode 36. Happy Thanksgiving. That's and what I've it also been informed. Of too. Yeah, yeah. He he I'm, came on. He said Happy Thanksgiving, and that was the end of the show. Oh, it was great. It was a 17 second podcast. Awesome. And I've been informed that this week, uh, also, uh, Fiddleback just told me Game On will be releasing episode 37, most likely Tuesday, with special guest Old School, and they will be jawboning about Hero Clicks. That's awesome, right there. It is very cool. It's tis very cool. So Radio Free Helmet comes out with episode number 36. Know their role. That's awesome. They talk a little bit about the list on that episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's very good. Awesome. Very good. So, and uh, what what else? TG, didn't Minis Mayhem come out with some stuff? They came out with two new episodes. 23, Bizarre Love Triangle, and 24, Know Your Enemy. Kind I'm, of I'm, I'm not sure. I th- to know your role. You know, Brev, Brev like, wanted... He passed HP Lovecraft. He passed... The holocron, and now he's gunning for game on. I know, yeah. right? And Hamlet. So and Hamlet. I know that's that's kind of creepy, but you know something. Whenever I think of GM Brev, I think of Bizarre Love Triangle, and then of course Know Your Enemy. So I think it's fitting. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Uh, speaking, speaking of, of the that, the yeah. uh, HP Lovecraft yeah. literary podcast, they've recently released episode twenty-two, The Other Gods. The other. It's a good number. It, it twenty-two is a very good number. Yeah. Double and deuce, um, deuce deuce. 11 times 2, 44 divided by deuce. (laughs) The power source. You said it right. Also, yes, with two new episodes. Number eight, Centered Breath Weapons. And uh, that would be me before I brush my teeth in the morning. And number (laughs) nine, the traditional Thanksgiving stripper. Which would be me before I brush my teeth in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Which means that's a scary episode? (sighs) Yeah. Must be. It might be. <laughs> uh, speaking of scary. Speaking of scary, uh, Brew City Gamers, the boys from Milwaukee, released episode 43, Noxiously Adorable. Mm. Noxiously Adorable. Speaking of centered breath weapons. And and Dave, talk to me about TweakoCast, because Ep- I mean I know they released episode 10 recently, kind of. Um, and per their post on the forum recently, I mean, they're still casting, but, but the question will be, what about? Because... They and everyone else are kind of feeling that Champions Online is kind of, you know... Dead. Yeah. So, Dead. Yeah. 
but uh, you know the, the the podcast is fantastic and they do a good yeah. job so well, I want to see Alpha Ant and 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 uh, everyone else just continue to do it. Let's say if they were stupid like I was, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> po- and ponied up uh, for Champions Online in advance, then they got into the Star Trek Online beta, which I have been uh, in the closed beta test. Woohoo! How was uh, it, day for the last three days? Hey, it's pretty good. You know, I'm now I, I am under an NDA, so okay. I probably just violated it by telling you that I'm in it. But in any way, shape, or form. It's good. I'm I'm enjoying it so far. So I won't cool. go into I won't go into detail, but it is um, not what I expected. But it is um, it is good. That's that's very good. Well, and lastly, Dave, help me tell us about our featured cast this week, which is uh, a brand spanking new podcast. Yes, to the D20 Radio Network. You remember and, uh, lads mm. with longing in earlier time, back in mm. the days of our youth in the eighties. The 80s, bringing us Cindy Lauper and uh, Tears for Fears, mm. and Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. <gasps> first edition D&D! Oh, first edition D&D. I'm sorry, I just kind of... Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, we welcome GM... J- DM Vincent. <laughs> DM Ooh. Jason. For the new show about first edition AD&D. And this show would be called? Um, the Roll for Initiative podcast. Nice. Nice. I'm halfway through the episode. I listened to about half of it today, um, and I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I mean, they, they delve into, like, not just first session AD&D, but, like, the roots of just fantasy RPG greatness, lots of tips, tricks, all that goes with it. I, I, this promises to be a great show for, for those who still play and those who, uh, who fondly remember first edition AD&D. So... Excellent. Welcome to the network, guys. Fantastic. Yes, indeed. Welcome, welcome. Yep. And uh, juicy bits of web goodness. Um, Gamer Nation, Jedi Master Rodney Thompson himself seems to be prepping for an upcoming surge of Irata. And the community needs your help. Now, five threads have begun over on the Watsi Star Wars boards requesting our requested clarifications on the Legacy Era Campaign Guide, Jedi Academy Training Manual, Rebellion Era Campaign Guide, Galaxy at War, and Scavenger's Guide to Droids, all five books that have been released since the last time Errata was. So head over right now to www.wizards.com slash Star Wars, click on the message boards link, and head to the mess hall where you can find these threads. If you've got questions or clarifications about any of these books, post them up so we can get an Errata out there. It is badly needed, and thank you, Rodney, for taking the time to gather that in what looks to be hopefully prep for a new online Errata. Indeed. Yeah. It's fantastic. And now we need to throw it over to the Holonet News Desk. This is the Holonet News Network. I'm Luke Lowbrow. Tonight's headline, Lord Vader's Facebook account has been hacked. The Imperial Security Bureau is conducting an investigation into an unauthorized data breach of Lord Vader's Facebook account. According to news sources, Vader has exchanged numerous flirtatious messages with several Zeltron exotic dancers. It is believed that most of the Dark Lord's Facebook friends are Imperial officers who have accepted Vader's friend requests out of fear of being choked to death. Numerous friend requests to members of one particular family on the planet of Naboo have been repeatedly ignored. Apparently Vader has not demonstrated the ability to operate an effective criminal enterprise in the Mafia Wars game, nor has he been able to establish an efficient agricultural operation in Farmville. 
He is, however, an avid collector of flare buttons and is a rabid fan of the Twilight series with a penchant for Team Edward. The hackers were able to post a number of fake status updates, some of which included, quote, I feel pretty. Oh, so pretty. I feel pretty and witty and wild. Also, I hate the way my breath mask gurgles when I get a chest cold. I hate cleaning the phlegm out even more. Also posted was, The length of my Super Star Destroyer is compensating for a piece of my anatomy that was burned off on Mustafar. The hackers also uploaded a robot chicken cartoon depicting a fictitious phone conversation between Vader and the Emperor regarding the destruction of the first Death Star. Tonight's update is brought to you by Mon Mothma's Unisex Hair Salon. Are you purposely trying to look unattractive to the opposite sex? Would you like a haircut that looks equally stupid on a man or a woman? Come to Mon Mothma's Unisex Hair Salon and get the last haircut you'll ever need if you plan to be a hermit or your local neighborhood's crazy cat lady. Oh my goodness, crazy cat lady. Okay, speaking of crazy cat lady, Chris, these cats are about to drive me nuts. Why are they in the room with you? Because they followed me. I don't know why. They usually bother you. I thought it'd be nice to keep them away. Will you... Will you come get him, and then will you let the dog out while you're at it? And you know he's not going to go in the back because it's raining. Will you set, take him in the front yard? My God. I'm sorry. The the show. I'm so sorry. Now, Dave, right. can you pause? Yeah. All right. I'll be back. Hey. Hey. Nice job. Oh, he take, did he take it? Okay, Thanks. he's gone. All right. It should take him some time, especially with right. taking the dog out the front. He doesn't really need a poop. He'll sit there for five minutes trying to make him poop. Okay, cool. All right, here we go. Let me okay. let me show you. All right. From across the galaxy, it's time for postcards from Commander Cody. Dear GM Dave and TG, hi guys. My mission to seek out rebel allies on Thakwa went better than can be expected, and I managed to make some valuable contacts, as well as gather a new recruit. The rebellion, it seems, has become convinced of my loyalty. I've been welcomed into the ranks, and been given another assignment. My success on the dangerous world has shown them my talents, and they've seen fit to work with them. My knowledge of Imperial Protocol has made me the perfect candidate to visit the world of Bereb. Recently occupied by the Empire, the native Berebel population has a reputation as fiercely barbaric warriors. But most important to the Rebellion, they have a near reverence for the Jedi. This makes them perfect candidates for anti-Imperial support. The planet Bereb itself is an oddity. It orbits dangerously close to its sun, so that the daylight side is bombarded with lethal radiation. When the planet rotates away from the sun, the hot surface causes massive evaporation creating torrential, dangerous downfalls. The natives and the wildlife are as hardy as you can get out here, and have taken to living underground in the sun, only coming out at night. This hard life has made the reptilian Barabel tough and strong. I'm landing shortly. I'll have to find some way to leave the eyes of the Imperial Overseers to find my way to the wilds of the planet, seeking out Barabel sympathizers. The Barabel respects strength and power, so I'll have to plan my interactions accordingly. Wish me luck. 
you guys are ever in the Alban Insector, and are wanting to see a wonder of a galactic world, maybe learn a new shockboxing technique or two. Hey, Debarab. Long live the Rebellion. Your secret correspondent, Commander Cody. Of course, I forgot to tell you that the postcard really was a picture of this planet with the you know the side away from the sun, covered in thick clouds and all that good stuff. So yeah, yeah, it was nice, yeah. but um, just a little eager to get into it. I was eager to hear what he had to say. Yeah, I was too. So yeah, Chris is coming back. Oh, he is. <sighs> oh, hey, dude. All right, I'm back. All right, cool. Thank you so much. Eh. Appreciate it. I'm sure the dog does too. Uh, he didn't poop. Imagine he did that. it. I thought he, man, I could have sworn he needed to. Yeah. Yeah. Well. He said. He said I need to poop. I heard him. <sighs> Even Dave heard him. All right, let's kick this big. All right. Kick it. All right, here we go. We're we're back in three, two, one. Twenty docking bay hosers. When it don't be making sense, we be making sense of it. Well, the twenty docking bay, where we answer your questions posed by forum, by email, by phone, by any mm-hmm. number of ways. If you'd like to send us an MP3 file, you can do so as well. The GM Dave at d20radio.com, GM Chris at d20radio.com, or on the loser line. There you go, 206-605-872, or L-U-S-A, that we call loser. Yep. So. What do we got? All right, first one, Starship Combat question from Stillinus. Stillinus, Stillinus, still. Still Still anus. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow. Stellanus, I like your name. Don't listen to Dave. I think it really is still an ass, but that's just me. Uh, it's missing an S. Mm-hmm. I, right. I, I like it a lot. Yeah. I like it a lot. And it's a good question. Okay. I'm running a scum and villainy oriented game set in the KOTOR area, era. Last session, I had a space combat not go that well. The heroes mm-hmm. are flying around in a ship equivalent to the Nova Courier from the Rebellion Era book, and I set them up against a swarm of Sith Interceptors. Bad move. The combat turned out to be a waste of time because the weapons of the interceptors could not do enough damage to penetrate the shields. Uh huh. I realize that the ships are expected to use swarm tactics, but what are good? What good are numbers if rules is written? Written, you can only reduce shields with a single attack. So if a ship is being attacked by 15 of these at once, 15 rolls later, assuming all of them hit, the Nova Courier is completely unscathed. Is there anything I can do to get around the shields to make combat more challenging without increasing the CL and thus the XP values of the ships too much? Uh-huh. That's an interesting question. I think, uh, first of all, the, the shipping question for those following along is the Nova Courier. It's on page 69 of the Rebellion Air Campaign Guide. That's a that's a crazy ship to give your party, dude. I mean, the, the SR on that is 60. Yeah, dude. It is, it is, it is huge. Oh, that okay. is huge. It is huge. It, it's a massive defensive courier ship um it is worth noting however Stellanus, that uh that sr is non-standard because as per starships of the galaxy page 43 shields of that magnitude are only available on colossal frigate or larger vessels i was about to say so because i know you've been doing some starship design tj um Mm -hmm. for our our home home game 
Um, so it, it's one of those things where the, this particular text of this particular ship does bend the, the basic rules. But again, it's a stock ship. So that, that's kind of how that is. What um, size is it? It's just colossal. So it's the size of, a, of you know, the, your ship, the Impasse, or you know, the Millennium Falcon, YT-1300, just regular colossal, um, which is one size below colossal frigate. Um, now, with bearing that in mind, Stellantis, I don't think you'd be a bad GM to nix the SR just a little bit. Uh, but, you know, hey, don't, even if you don't do that, just in line with your, suggestion, with your question, there are a few avenues I think you can take while keeping things as are. Okay? First of all, in your example with the Sith Interceptors, I mean, those are fighters that are going to deal 4 die 10 times 2 of damage. That means they're going to average 40 points of damage per hit. That's not enough to overcome uh, SR at all or reduce it. However... However, and that, that, that's a big however, I think with good expectation, some of them are going to get above 60 points. Fair enough. Now, if you get in four good hits out of 15, you know, one above 60 points of damage, the next above 55, the next above 50, the next above 45, all of a sudden the shields are down to 40. That means every ship in that squadron has a 50-50 shot of further decreasing their shield per hit. So, I mean, if you're throwing 15 fighters at them, that's a good shot. The shields will go down pretty quickly, maybe after you know, a round or two. Furthermore, the Nova Courier can only get off, like, what, three shots a turn? I mean, unmodified, it's only got, like, two gunner emplacements and then a co-pilot concussion missile launcher. That's it. So it'll take a few rounds for the Nova Courier to take out the bulk of their attackers. Um, so even written, I think it might take a few rounds, but with decent rolls, you should be able to handle it anyway. But uh, if you're still having trouble, I don't think you're out of line, Stellanis, to equip each one of those starfighters with a single light concussion missile. That shouldn't change their CL a whole lot. I mean, those things are only 500 credits apiece. Um, with a single light concussion missile, that's 7d10 times 2 of damage. That's averaging 70 damage, which will overcome the SR. If each fighter starts out with a salvo of missiles, those shields are down pretty quick. All right. Another option is to have those fighters escorted by a gunboat, maybe designed to have the firepower to take out a shield. And darn it, after this last encounter, if they survived, I think it's probable the Sith probably know the vessel by now and how heavily shielded it is and would probably prepare for that eventuality, either with a gunboat or by outfitting their fighters with a, with a single light concussion missile. So. so there. Is it a courier or carrier? Courier. 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 A career is what you do for a living. No, he said carrier. <laughs> so there's, right. car- there's carrier, career, and career. Right. You the- courier. Can you not say courier? And then there's Korea. <laughs> <laughs> In the group with Brazil and Portugal and... Uh, and, and then there's uh, Korea. Are you saying Korea? Did and, you say and, Korea already? The Ivory Coast. But no, this is a good question. And TG, I know when, like, when you were trying to trick out your party's ship really hardcore, you were like, "Man, I'm rich. I can afford like, you know, SR seventy, you know." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like, "No, nah, it won't fit on that ship." Yeah. Right. Bummer. All right. So, uh, who's this? Ilmion. He uh, had a question for us, which is um, how he should rule a situation involving the use of surge force power. Wow. Yeah. Suppose there is a chasm. Chasm. And a Jedi wants to jump over it. Evil Knievel. Normally, he wouldn't be able to with just his jump check. But if he succeeds with a DC-20, use the Force for Surge, he's sure to gain enough distance to clear the chasm, even with a poor jump check. So, would you let 
the Jedi decide after his use the Force check if he should jump or not, or have the Jedi try <laughs> the jump, whatever his use the Force result is. Personally, I would choose the latter because if Jedi's not in a lot of stress, he can sit back, regain the power, and try again and again, which is a little bit sad, I think. This is interesting, and the forum conversation around this was pretty good because this was originally posted on the forums, and the conversation got about the fact that it was like he was basically saying, "Listen, if if I if I let my Jedi decide, if if he, you know, where's the element of danger? You know, if he if he doesn't make the check, you know, where's the risk that he might fall to his death by doing this?" And there there was a lot of posts about it, and some people were like, "Dude, you're going to have one of your players die from a jump check. That's fun," and. <laughs> At which point he was like, "Oh, you know, oh, come on, give me, give me more credit than that, guys. You know, my players are well aware of it. I, you know, I wouldn't do that to my player." But um, ultimately, I'd like to add a few things to what was said. First of all, in terms of the rules as written, Ilmion, um, activating surge is a free action in its own right. Okay, a player can decide to activate it at the start of a round and then attack and then just stand still and not move at all. They don't activate it as part of a move or a jump. So per the raw, the player does get to see what his check is before he would decide to attempt the jump. Okay. Now, as to your second comment about letting a Jedi retry and retry and retry, I think it's also worth noting that a force power can only be activated once in encounter. And unless there's, of course, multiple instances of that power in his suite or he spends a force point to recall it. Jumping that chasm, to me as a GM, that's an, an encounter. And he shouldn't be able to try it again and again and again and again. You know, it's like, oh, I failed. I'm going to wait a minute and try again. No, you're still in the encounter. And that's kind of where that sense of, I guess, danger comes in and whether or not he succeeds or not. But, I mean, what do you guys think about this? Because we had a similar question a little while back about someone who was talking about spending a spending surge in a similar fashion per encounter. But the real question to me is, you know, when do you suspend the sense of danger? And when do you make the game lethal or, or not lethal enough for your players? Always lethal. I'm, but so, if you died from a failed jump check, would you be angry with me? Yeah, no, no. I, that, I was being very facetious. I mean, okay. if if you're as if you as a GM are stupid enough to put a jump check in there that could kill your player, then you deserve to turn in your stripes or be or have the hell beaten out of you. Well, it's a very very old school mentality, but I don't I don't find it very fun. But um, I yeah. mean, that's that's just kind of kind of kind of where I sit on it. Um, I, I don't know. There was a, I guess there was a time in the past, especially because you know, we talk about like old school game. We've got this first edition AD&D podcast that's on the network right now. And I, I think that, you know, back when I was playing, you know, first edition AD&D, GM's ruthless. I mean, remember Sam talking about his stories, you know, playing, you know, the Tomb of Horrors, where it's like, you know, everyone died in the first, you know, hour yeah. of play yeah. from the yeah. first trap. You, you're dead. Congratulations. And I just don't. I don't know how fun it is. Well, I'd, um, I'd, I'd, I'd have some kind of a fail-safe in there. You know, you, you jump in, you you don't make it, then, you know, you, you come crashing down on a ledge and you take, you know, falling damage of whatever. So so much damage. Or you don't clear it. Maybe, okay, now give me a climb check as a reaction, DC 5, you know, to, to catch on. Um, right, right. I did something similar with you once when you missed a jump check trying to jump yeah. from a speeder onto another speeder yeah. and then ended up falling in the water. Right. Um, but you, climb you climbed onto the edge. Yeah, yeah. So that was, you know, that was one of those rule of cool cinematic moments. So exactly, exactly. I mean, TG, how do you feel about, you know, GMs making things too lethal for the players, and when is it not fun to, 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 to make something so lethal that they could die from a mundane task, even though this is this technically this isn't very mundane. 
Well, I think it's important that a GM, well, having it lethal gives that little bit of edge to make you sit on the edge of your seats and really pay attention. So I don't have necessarily have a problem with that. What I think it's important for a GM to do is to make sure that any of your skills that you really focused on can be used to help you out in the situation. Mm. And then that's where it, that's what'll make it fun. Even if you fell, hey, I tried my best and I was on the edge of my seat about it. It's still fun. Your best. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and Hey, hey stop blank, right blank, there. Blank. Stop, stop, stop. stop. Oh, the BBC would like to announce that the next scene is not considered suitable for family viewing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Very nice. But anyway, as far as the, the raw of the situation, Ilmion, that, that's kind of how Surge is going to function. Um, so there you go. Hope that helps. Wonder Moose. Okay, Wonder Moose. So, Barefoot Tour Guide. Mm, Garrett. I haven't heard from Garrett in a while. Yep, to wrap Hi, this uh, segment up here. Uh, it's a fun little question uh, straight out of the film. So I'm working on a scenario that involves a PC getting frozen in carbonite. Carbonite. Yes. Mm. Carbonite. I have a friend that uses Carbonite and uh, back up all her files and stuff. She swears by it. Oh. The other PCs go on a long and bloody investigation to find their companion. Kind of sounds familiar, huh? <laughs> I notice there aren't any rules for carbon freezing. What DC mechanics role would be needed to avoid killing the PC when freezing him? Twelve. What other effects could happen during freezing? Hibernation sickness. What would be <laughs> the mechanics... Of handling hibernation sickness. Oh, yeah, there it is. Much help would be appreciated. So, there you go. You got a blank slate, brother. I know. This is fun, fun, fun. Um, well, Garrett, as you know, there aren't any rules for carbon freezing. So, as a GM, this is kind of entirely in your purview. What suggestions can we give you um, if you're going to make something from scratch? My recommendation is the same I use when designing any new mechanic or creating any new rules. Don't reinvent the wheel Use existing mechanics whenever possible. Um, I think freezing a character without killing him, actually, I mean, guys, what do you think? I think that would probably fall more into the treat injury category than the mechanics category. Um, well, I don't know. To freeze I mean, him, to freeze him, yeah, with, to avoid killing yeah, but, him. Yeah, but without killing him, that would be treat injury. I, I don't know. I, I, I really, I don't know. Because it, it, it's kind of a mechanics thing to get him in there. And to 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 actually the the carbonite process itself is not a medical process in my mind. I, no. I don't know. I I could go either way on it. I think it's. I think it would re- require both. And I know that mm-hmm. sounds like it makes it more complicated, but oh, it, uh, maybe, it, maybe it, if it you fail the mechanic, knowledge, but it also requires some maybe knowledge f- on um, how people operate. What if you if you fail the mechanics check by more than five, then you have to do a treat injury check to keep them alive. That's possible, too. Um, th- these are all good suggestions. Now, in terms of the DC you set, Garrett, looking at mechanics and treat injury, the most basic uses are DC-15s, while the more complex ones are DC-20. Um, carbonite freezing is a pretty rare and unusual process. I mean, as a GM, I'd probably make that a DC-20 check. Um, at the very least, treat injury, and definitely for mechanics. Um, now, if this is a PC you'd frozen, though, 
I would make darn sure that your NPCs made that check. Kind of like what we were talking about earlier with Ilmion's question. It kind of sucks to die to a plot device. And it's like, oh, you were captured. No, I'm so sorry. Your character died in the freezing process. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I'd be kind of pissed. But, you know, I, I, I know you pretty well, Garrett, you know, from your, from your posts and whatnot and prior questions. I doubt that's something you'd do. Um, but anyway, afterwards, once the character has been thawed, in, in terms of the second part of your question, I think, I think there's a few options. Um, now, of course... Dave TG, what's the most noticeable effect of hibernation sickness that we all learned from Han Solo? Blindness. Blindness, okay. Um, this could simply be interpreted as steps down the condition track, okay? One of the nice things about Saga, in my opinion, is the fact that it did away with a whole, whole bunch of conditions, and we just have the condition track. Yeah, uh, I like so it. There, there is that. Um, I mean, by the time Han actually got to fighting his way off the skiff, what, his, his sight worked well enough to... Now instead actually, of a big dark blur, I see a big light blur. Light blur. You know, well, even by then, by the time fighting started, his sight was worked pretty well. I mean, you asked Lando. Yeah, that's right. He, <laughs> yeah, he shot the uh, he shot the little tentacle thing. Exactly. Um, now, as for the mechanics, take a look at hypothermia, page two fifty four of the core rule book. I think it's a great existing mechanic. Um, it's under extreme temperatures, and it might be a good option. Basically, uh, uh, say you know, a thawed character is treating as having suffered from hypothermia, um, meaning that they cannot regain hit points or move up the condition track at all until their body has spent an hour readjusting. Um, you might also have the carbon freezing process impose one or more persistent steps down the condition track, which could only be removed with a few hours of rest. And if you really wanted to enforce the whole blindness aspect and make the person actually blind, I think the easiest and safest way is to say that carbon freezing moves you three steps down the condition track, gives you a persistent condition as well that is only removed after an hour or two of normal temperatures. Yeah. Um, and, and with the persistent condition also blinds the character until it's removed. That way... They got this persistent condition. They're at a minus five on the condition track. That really represents a good bout of hibernation sickness. And then after time, it slowly starts to come up. I there don't know, you go. But I like off it. The top, off the top of my head. I mean, TG, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> I think those are yeah. good options. Yeah. The hypothermia, it could work, but I could see where people might argue that it's a, it might be a little too much um, because it's carbonite, so you're not technically frozen. Well, no, you, it, you it, that's the thing. You, you are. It's, it's hyper-freezing in terms of the process. Like, because it's gas that they're freezing into a solid. Yeah, but your your fingertips aren't going to turn blue and cold. And but if, if they do disappear. die, that's where the treat injury check comes in. Ah. Okay. All right. That's fine. <laughs> Have I are. beaten you over the head with the cannon yet? I give up. <laughs> oh, I'm on the I'm on the I'm on the couch All tonight. Right. I'm gonna get the um, couch. She's gonna come out with the entire trilogy and just throw it in my face. Here, sleep <laughs> with that tonight. <laughs> he probably would happily. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, it wouldn't be the first time. It wouldn't be the last. <laughs> so, so. That, that brings us to this. Yep. This is Watto for Watto's Bargain Basement, and I want you to come on down to Tatooine this week for our big special sale. Tell them Java sent you and you get a free chance cube. Uh, we got the deals for you. Come on down to Watto's Bargain Basement. Uh, what do you know? Uh... Dreams of a Leia bikini dancing in his head. I like that. 
I like that. I, the, the, the Leia bikini thing. Oh, remind me, I got to tell you a, a story about a friend of mine who, uh, uh, two friends actually that are dressing up next year, Halloween as uh, Luke and Leia. Very nice. Just remind me of that. And it's, I think so the, did I think what the does... chat room is making snarky comments. The chat room is making snarky comments. Imperial troops have entered the base. Imperial troops have entered Welcome to Echo Base, little scum. We're the Empire, and we're here to help. Yes, Echo Base. Hello, Echo Base. All seventy-four of you in the chat room. Hello. Yes, they're making they're making snarky comments and uh, yeah. Okay, so I'll go ahead and tell the story. A friend of mine. Okay, uh, uh, wait, wait, we 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 need post show material. Dave. Oh damn it! I've got plenty of post show material. Well, we got a little bit more to the pile, but I think TG was about to ask something about Wando. Right, I'm adding. Remind me, I'm adding Tammy and Dan to the post show. All right, Done. go ahead. It sounded like uh, Wado changed his intro, or am I just misremembering? Or thinking of a voice from another night that I heard from him. Oh. Yeah, and by the way, as far as our bumpers, thank you guys. Um, uh, uh, Donovan Morningfire, you you got a bold assumption there. Thank, congratulating me and TG on an incoming uh, bundle of joy. You can congratulate her, but I'm still not convinced the kid's mine. So, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm just throwing that out there. I'm just I'm just saying, you know. Just saying. I'm not, I'm, saying, not saying, I'm, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. All right. So, <laughs> Tatooine. Wado. Tatooine. Focus. Dude, yeah. Wado says hi, by the way. Um, he appreciates the race, the race tip you gave him last week. He says it really uh, netted him a few credits. So, that was appreciative. Um, but I came back from, from, from Wado's with a rather cool piece of gear. Um, he didn't say hi to me? Uh, no. In fact, when I brought you up, he was a little nervous. I didn't know why. I just, so I just decided to drop it. Um, Okay. Cool. But in any event, uh, this cool piece of gear allows you, Gamer Nation, to be John McClane because no one dies harder than John McClane. <laughs> uh, this is the Proximity Flare. Really cool item found on page 47 of Galaxy at War. Fun, useful, and flavorful. Now, it's John, not John McCain, right? No, no, that would be very... You see, John McCain and Die Hard would be a very short movie. <laughs> Although I think John McCain might be close to dying hard. I'm not sure. Huh. Um, uh, yes, but the proximity flare, very cool. It is a metal cylinder with a, a spike on the end, and it's designed to be shoved into the ground and then activated. And when a small or larger character, droid, beast, or vehicle, gets within three squares of the thing, it launches. Uh, it shoots a flare straight up illuminating a 10-square radius and eliminating any concealment penalties due to a light condition. Fantastic little item. Um, what, what kind of stealth DC do you guys think you would need to get past this little piece of equipment? Three. Well, you just said that hard, hard things are 20, so I would think at least 20. 25. Wow. It takes wow. a DC 25 stealth check to get past this thing without setting one off. That's pretty good. That's very good, and that ain't easy. That's very good, especially considering this little thing is only 50 credits, weighs half a kilo. Um, this is an awesome device. It's something you just can't be without. And and I know your power gamers out there are going to say, well, I want to rig it up to where it hits the guy in the face and does damage. To you can actually do that. They wrote it into the rules. You can actually rig this thing to attack people. Um, they say you can aim it horizontally, basically sticking its prong into a horizontal surface. It fires its flare in a horizontal line, and you determine that line when it's placed. Okay, 
the same trigger conditions apply. And when they happen, the flare just shoots off. Uh, it has a plus two to its attack roll. It attacks anyone in that line, uh, or the first target in that line. And it deals three die six of fire damage if it hits. Nice. That's great. That's great. Uh, uh, I don't know. This is, like, this is a fun, versatile piece of equipment. I mean, you could use this to lay an inexpensive ambush. You could secure a dark area of terrain from incursion. You can use it as an emergency signaling device. I mean... I put this right up there with mesh tape on my usefulness plus coolness list. Um, and plus, with me- this and some mesh tape, you truly can die harder than John McClane. Um, I don't know. I-, I thought this was one of the cooler things put into Galaxy at War. Just a fun little piece of equipment, and kudos to the guy who wrote it. Yeah. So welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> Yippee-ki-yay. Yeah, that guy. Blankety blank. All right, so it's time to get to the guys with the thing. Ooh, would that be Alex and Trevor? That would be Alex and Trevor. Fragments from the Rim. I thought it was Watto with the thing. Yeah, and the stuff and the doohickey. Lots of people have things. Yeah. Uh. Lots and lots and lots. All right, so let's hear from those guys, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes on the other side. Welcome, Jedi Masters, to Fragments from the Rim. How may we be of service to you today? Hi, this is Alex. And Trevor. This is segment number 36 of Fragments from the Rim. For this segment, I've chosen to talk about the talent Aggressive Surge from the Unpredictable Scout Talent Tree in the Rebel Era Campaign Guide on page 26. It says, Once per encounter, when you catch a second wind, you can make a charge attack as a free action, provided that you can make a charge attack against the legal target at the time you catch a second wind. There are a lot of ways you could use this. So perhaps you move, maybe you're not quite close enough. Use your swift action to catch a second wind and charge, and then you still have your standard action left at the end of the attack again. And especially if you were to start combining many of the other uh, feats and talents which allow you to do interesting things with your second wind, then you end up with some very interesting combinations. Over to you, Trevor. Today, I'm going to speak about the squadron leader talent tree from the ace pilot talents. Now, what you need to be aware of is that during a combat uh, of a squadron, only one person who has this talent tree can actually be designated as the leader for that combat, and therefore they are the only people who are able to use this particular talent tree uh, for that encounter. It doesn't mean that not everybody can take talents from the talent tree, it's just that only per encounter you have one squadron leader. The two interesting talents that I that I see in this talent tree are regroup. Once per encounter is a standard action, you can move all vehicles in your squadron one step up on their condition track. That is really nice. There's no uh, requirement for line of sight. There's no requirement of how far apart they are from you. It's just as a standard action, everybody goes up plus one step on their condition track, which, of course, just keeps your squadron in the combat all that much longer and makes you that much more effective. The next talent, I think, is actually misnamed. There's two talents here, one called Squadron Tactics and one called Squadron Maneuvers. The fact that the Squadron Maneuvers should probably go with the ability to grant someone else the ability to use a Starship Maneuver would make sense. So I'm going to refer to this one as Starship Squadron Tactics, even though in the book it's called Squadron Maneuvers. (coughs) You can choose one talent that you already possess. The talent you select must be from the Expert Pilot or Gunner Talent Trees. Once per encounter is a standard action, you can impart the benefits of the chosen talent to all members of your squadron. Once gained, 
The benefits last until the end of the encounter. Now, that goes back to one of my previous comments where you have your two really nice gunner talent trees that are in this book. The crippling hit, where if you take any ship one or more steps down the condition track, the ship loses hyperdrive, weapon battery, or communications. Or the synchronized fire, where you work with one of your other people to combine your damage to beat the uh, any vehicle's damage threshold. I think that if you were a squadron leader and you were to use squadron tactics, those would be the tactics that I would be ensuring that my squadron were using because it lasts the entire encounter. So the entire time your squadron is trying to take out that capital ship, you're either crippling it every time you give uh, you do pass its damage threshold or you're working together to ensure that the damage threshold is, is beaten. I think that the squadron leader talent tree is an excellent talent tree that if you are in a starship combat environment, you should definitely have someone who has taken that those talents and is using them to the benefit of your squad. Anyways, if you have any questions or comments, please uh, send Alex or I an email at order66 underscore fragments at rogers.com. And until next time, have fun gaming. Thank you, Masters, for visiting Fragments from the Rim. Very nice. Thank you, Alex and Trevor, for, uh, for, for getting that done. I always love that segment. Always love it. Yeah. It, I think it's time to move on, Dave. Or is is it not to the uh, perhaps the meat of tonight's show? Meat. Ah, yes. TG, you do that so well. <laughs> I know. Oh, bad. <laughs> All right, Gamer Nation, it has been a while, over a year, in fact, ugh, since we last visited the concept of the Ultimate Build. Uh, we debuted our Ultimate Build segment some time ago per request to help draw together various resources of the game towards a dedicated build concept. And you all really like that segment, a lot. And we've continued to get requests for it, a lot. <laughs> and so it's, it's time. Uh, we've gotten over the past year, by my sketchy count, 23 forum posts, 1 p.m., and three emails requesting what we will be discussing tonight. Uh, the most recent request from fellow D20 Radio podcaster and gamer I love, my friend GM Tenny. That guy. That guy. With the recent release of Galaxy at War, even more options have opened up to discuss the martial artist. So you want to be a bare-knuckled fighter. A master of an esoteric technique. A guy who can just wail on you in a no-blasters bar fight. The way of the martial artist can be daunting. Now, whether a master of Tarascasi, Rushi, or just plain old boxing, there are now some fabulous options out there. We're going to do, uh, tonight, dig deep into this dedicated build and take a look at making your brawler the best he can be. So we're going to min-max. <sighs> yes, we're going to min-max tonight, TG. No. Are you happy? Nah. I'm happy because otherwise I would never listen to this podcast. Yeah, nobody ever does. I'm either. sorry. This podcast isn't worth listening to unless we're talking about min maxing. Thank right. you. All right. Yep. You know, I, I know you're being funny, but, but, you know, we both know why you enjoy this game. <laughs> Man, you, you really got me there. It's very true. <laughs> Damn. Damn. This I is. No Come back. <laughs> this is very true. This is very true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, That's let's. I'm excited. <laughs> you should be. Yeah. Well, let's begin our training. Um, begin our training. Talking about the the primary focuses of a martial artist. 
what concepts are you going to need to keep in mind when you're building a weaponless fighter? Um, uh, these things should be at the forefront of your mind when making your build choices, as these are your primary roles in the party. Um, TG, um, what's the first primary role of a martial artist in a party? Range, ranged yeah. combat. <laughs> Frontline. I just wanted to say meat shield. <laughs> a a frontline melee person, basically, right? Bottom line, if yeah. uh, you're going to be a martial artist, you're going to be getting in the fights a lot. <laughs> and on the front line, in the midst of your foes, um, and this can be pretty dangerous. So you're going to want to favor abilities that increase your ability to take damage, most likely. Avoiding getting hit. And most importantly, allowing you to get in the front line. So mobility is going to be really important in the battlefield. Mm, I'm, I'm just assuming, though. I don't know for sure. <laughs> it's assumptions. It's a big, big assumption. You yeah. got first. Yep. What, what, what other archetypes can we take a look at, Dave? Grapplers. Grapplers. Yeah, Very go true. for it, man. I mean, lots of, lots of martial arts, you know, go... Um, with a with a grapple, you know, crush lets you pin a target, you know, you take them out of the fight while you're dealing damage to them. Trip, you know, puts them prone right in front of you. Somebody else can bitch slap them while they're on the ground. You, you can know. bitch slap them while they're on the ground. That's right. Plus four, baby, to hit a prone target. Mm -hmm. So this is battlefield. You know, it's about battlefield control, really. So remember that. Very true. Very true. Oh yeah, meat shield. Oh yeah, meat shield. Woo hoo! Oh yes, the meat shield. You said meat um, shield, right? Tweet, TG. Yeah, as TG mentioned. I swear um, she said it. I swear she said it, but now her microphone's messed up, so we can't hear. You can hear me just fine. <laughs> I'm always there, just working. You're also eating something, which is very rude on the podcast. Yeah, Who, you me are. Or Dave? No, I'm talking to Dave. Sitting there scarfing some dogs and talking about makeup. I have cheesecake. Yeah. You know, I'm eating over here too, but. I'm polite enough to mute my microphone when I'm chewing. Oh. Well, I can't mute. I'm like on screen. Oh, snap. <laughs> you know. <laughs> All right. The next uh, the next primary role is the meat shield, as, as TG and Dave alluded to. The, the, but basically, archetypal bodyguards are often martial artists. I mean, as a combatant who doesn't appear threatening at first glance, it's a highly useful trait in a bodyguard. So a lot of people are going for that bodyguard type role. will often right. go the martial arts route. Yeah, you'll be a meat shield and a damage deal, so you're the beat meat stick. Yeah. <laughs> I like meat sticks. Yes, we know. You like beating meat sticks, so that would Well is. actually I, I oh. would say I would say meat shield and beat stick are two kind of different archetypes because they really focus on different things. One yeah, is about like you know, taking damage or, or or not getting hit. The other is about dealing damage yourself. And as we go through this, you'll kinda of see you really have to focus on one or the other. Um the, the damage dealer, the beat stick, is really that last role. But the problem here, and the fact of the matter is, as an unarmed fighter, you are going to struggle to deal as much damage as somebody with a rifle or a vibroax at first. Okay, right. But with a dedicated build, you can catch up pretty quickly. But you, you need to be aware that, especially at lower levels, you are not going to be able to dish out the punishment you're probably going to be taking. All right? So we'll we'll talk about easy ways to maximize your damage here in a bit. Yeah, and thanks to Skype for that. He didn't what, really, what, he he didn't mean to say the punishment. Oh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Skype. Actually, that's rather that's rather that's rather cool though, you know, because we are talking about punishment. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. 
Well, let's move on to a matter of class. What, what classes of the core classes lend themselves best to a martial artist? Dave, Hands what, down, what do you think noble, is, dude. Noble. Oh, abso-freaking-lutely. <laughs> right, that was soldier. my guess. Dude, soldier. Soldier. Best hit die, best base attack bonus. Uh, for base classes, you know, it's just something you can't do without. So soldiers have the access to the talents and feats that just let you do what you need to do and give you the prerequisites for um, elite trooper and martial art prestige classes. Well, what about the scout? So it seems like an odd choice, right? But hear me out on this. Okay, 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 okay. So a martial artist level dip in this for one reason. Okay. Long stride. Well, that actually makes sense. So this much-loved scout talent adds plus two to your base speed. And as a frontline fighter itching to get into the combat, it can be worth the penalty in your base attack bonus and the minor reduction in your hit points in order to gain this. Long stride. Just so you can get there faster. That's, that's very true. I'd also note that scout has a plus two to reflex defense, whereas the soldier only has a plus one. Oh, big deal. Huh? Oh, hey, plus one is plus one, buddy. Never poo-poo it. Trust me, when that when, when that when that uh, giant, you know, when, when that Sith Lord throwing uh, force lightning at you, you know, beats your reflex defense by one, you'll be thankful. You'll be very thankful. You'll thank me. You'll thank me. Hey. That's not a bad thought, TJ. Hey, Along the same lines, I also think Scoundrel is not a bad level dip. Um, I think it's another unusual class to consider, but level dipping uh, in it can be a very good idea. First of all, it unlocks guy. both acrobatics and deception for you as class skills. Now, for a melee fighter who cannot disengage from combat without provoking an attack of opportunity, acrobatics, that's your answer. Not to mention, I think it's very fitting and flavorful for sort of an Eastern-flared martial artist, you know? Um, yeah. Deception? Deception lets you take advantage of the biggest perk you have, the fact that you appear unarmed when you're really not. This can lead to an easy feint or a surprise strike that could let you take advantage of sneak attack, attack. Yeah. Or, or a dastardly strike. Um, skirmisher, another great choice that can help you compensate for that, uh, that, that hit to your base attack bonus you'd be taking. Now, as for the D6 hit die, um, yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't really it's level... kind of wimpy. Yeah, I wouldn't really level dip for more than a single level on that. <laughs> So, basically, when it's said and done in terms of core classes, take a look at Soldier. Okay, talent trees like Brawler, Commando, and the Shockboxer talent tree should be the first you look at. And a multi-class build with a level dip in Scoundrel or Scout can give you great benefits as well. So, there you go. So, once you're thinking about your class decisions, perhaps you're thinking about your species. What race do I want to be? Maybe, a, I don't know, Ewok? Jawa? Maybe? Yeah. A Jawa martial artist? <laughs> Utini! <laughs> yeah. uh, that would be the kind of character you would build. That would be the kind of character I would build. Yeah. I would make it work, damn it. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what species are going to be the best? There's many choices. And honestly, guys, you can make most anything work. But there are a few that will rise above the others in several ways, especially for you <clears throat> min-maxers out there. Um, uh, TG... What's the first species that just screams at you when you think martial artist? It doesn't really scream so much as it kind of meows and hisses <laughs> at me. It's uh, the Tagorian. Ah. So there's something about giant cat people that just have to make make you smile. It makes me smile. 
I, certainly it makes you smile. I see you're smiling right now. Oh. Dave's not smiling. Yeah, no, because no, I'm going. The chat room's got it right, man. I'm going Kathar. Ah. Uh, well, well they, okay. They, they both have they both have different benefits. TG, tell us about the Togorian. Okay, we'll get into your silly Kathar idea here in a minute. Oh, Dave, you but silly Arthur King! Let's see hear out the Togorian. Okay, so they have a plus four to strength and a starting unarmed damage of one die six just for being large. Oh, and by the way, they're large. Um, and don't overlook the penalty to their. Uh, Wisdom and intelligence. That's not a good thing, but... No, it's not. But I wanted to phrase it as if it was so people would kind of sidestep that. And <laughs> <laughs> if you're a grappler, the uh, plus five to grapple checks for being large is pretty freaking nice, in my opinion. Probably a little yeah, bit better than Kathar. That is pretty Other, good. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Thanks. Other large or uh, strength-boosted species, again, those are pretty good candidates. Uh, not as good as a Tagorian, but that's okay. Um, but you can you can consider um, Mantillions, Savrips, Whippets, and Wookies. Of course, Wookies. Everybody chooses a Wookie. Yes, that, I believe it's Mantillion, Savrips. The Annex Skywalk. That's, that's like one species. Mantillion, uh. Savrips, yeah. That's right. <laughs> well, they're large, so we could technically be too. <laughs> that's, very, that's very, very true. Okay, well, okay. So the chat room's screaming about it. Uh, okay, what's up with all the cat people, Dave? Why, why the Kathar? Kathar, dude, eight square base base speed. That's um, awesome. And the natural claws give you an extra one d six. Boom. Well, that an extra. extra. I mean, just they or? just give you one d six damage off oh. the bat. Very you cool. know, I mean, it's just natural attacks. You know, the one d six. Now the Nasarians, I think, do the same. The natural yeah, attack. The, the gore, yeah. <clears throat> so I, I mean, I, I like the I like the uh, the movement for a beat stick is is pretty cool to me. But uh, yeah, the Tagorian with being large and all that, the plus five grapples. I think it depends on what you're going for. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that plus four to strength. Very nice. Okay, well, what do you guys think about being a human? I mean, I know that's kind of always the unspoken, but... I am a human. I kind of have to be okay yeah. with it because I well, really can't do anything about feet. it. But extra you're not feet. a martial artist, so what do you think about a human martial artist? That's, oh. That's just, that's, you know. <laughs> oh, you mean like in the game? Yes. Uh, oh, boy, okay. here we go. Stay on target. Stay on <laughs> target. <laughs> Man, how many more movie quotes are we going to get in this episode? Intensive in movie quotes, I might say. Done. So, extra feet. Extra feet. That's where it starts and stops right there for a human. Because as we will see, martial artist is a feet-intensive build. Um, At low levels especially, that that extra feet is totally worth it. And lastly, I kind of wanted to talk about primitive species. Um, It's worth noting here because there are several primitive species out there, and usually players avoid them like the plague. Um, woo, they can't use blasters at all? Yeah, well, you know what? For a martial artist, your fist is a simple weapon, and that is your weapon. So the primitive trait means very little. Uh, so that's something to consider. A standout here. Mirror Luca. And I want, it's, no. It's <laughs> worth noting the Gamorian. 
Uh, now, the Gamorreans have a plus two to strength, which is nice, but only Gamorreans have access to the species feat Primitive Warrior, which gives the little piggies an extra die of damage when wielding simple weapons. Oh, simple weapons like a fist? Like a fist! Absolutely. So, that's very, very, very much worth noting. And listen, guys, most any species will work for you, but these are some pretty good standouts to definitely take a look at. Try and upgrade right, well, your fist to 1d12. Yeah. The 1d12. So, so this martial artist of ours is very talented. So we've determined that soldier is pretty much the primary way to go. So of those soldier talents, the question is what's going to be the best to accentuate your martial artist build? Duh. There's, yeah, there, there's quite a bit. Um, there are three trees that we kind of really want to take a look at. And we, we're going to start here with the brawler talent tree. This is kind of the most obvious talent tree for you to focus in. It also has some of the best options for you. Furthermore, a talent from the brawler talent tree can serve as a prereq to get into the martial artist prestige class. So grab one. Okay? Yeah. Um, Dave, what, what hits you immediately off the bat when you look at the brawler talent tree in terms of a martial artist? Oh. I don't know. Maybe... Something about uh, grabbing. Grab, Since. expert grappler, melee. I mean, where do I start, dude? There's everything. Well, if we had to group them into a semblance of uh, yeah. sensicalness to talk yeah. about them, maybe like on show notes or something. Well, oh, what the... That. Yeah. No, no. Twitter goodness had it right, dude. You know, the, the, the grabber, the strong grab, expert grappler, all those, all those talents, dude. All those talents. Grabbing oh. is fun. Yeah. Grabbing. Grabbing, grabbing is fun. Um, I know that uh, I know that expert grappler is found in the core rulebook, but I think um, uh, grabber and strong grabber found in the Legacy Era campaign guide. Yeah. So, and that's an excellent book. There's a lot of great Legacy Era stuff for uh, a martial artist. Right. Um, TG, what what strikes you when you take a look at the Brawler Talent Tree? Hulk smash, right? <laughs> <laughs> the melee smash and the stunning strike and the unrelenting assault. So these series of talents, which you can find in the core rulebook or the CWCG. Boom. Boom on, the broom on the abbreviations. Oh, yeah. Boom. yeah. That's Clone Wars campaign guide. Well, of course I knew that, but I just making sure you all knew that. Oh, and right. Yeah, so you can find them there. And they... Um, usually provide a really solid foundation so you can just deal damage. So mm -hmm. uh, be the meat stick, right? The, the beat stick. stick. That's right. The stick. Don't, don't mix the metaphors. You're confusing the heck out of the noobs. <laughs> oh, no. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> they confusing the noobs. These, <laughs> these basically help increase your damage, right? With each hit. That's right. You can do extra condition track damage hey. or just do extra damage. Um, or like with unrelenting assault, deal damage even if you miss. That's an awesome talent. The That's American, really kick ass. Hey, hey the Americans it's, used a faster boat, man. Yeah. Okay. I think uh, he's just trying to throw in random quotes. I don't point. know. I mean, are we going to talk about Saga Edition or what? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So what 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 jumps out at you there, my man? <laughs> a couple things. Um, Cantina Brawler um, is a cool talent. It's, it's, it's scum and villainy, dude. Scum and villainy. Yeah. Uh, it's a talent that kind of helps us overcome the greatest difficulty we face when as, as frontline fighters. I say we as if I'm some kind of martial artist. Um, <laughs> when a martial artist is surrounded, basically, 
bottom line, flanking sucks, okay? And if your GM is doing his job properly, enemy characters will flank the big nasty martial artists who just waded into their ranks any chance they can. Um, this talent gives you a plus two to attack and damage when you're flanked. So you'll be begging them to flank you. It's perfect. Ah, oh, fear does not exist in this dojo. Pain does not exist in this dojo. Mercy does not exist in this dojo. <sighs> Moving on. Strike first, strike hard, no mercy. <laughs> isn't, there, isn't there another route you could also take? The, there, there is. Dave, the hammer hit us up. Hit us up with the best talent a martial artist. Ah, uh, yes, this would be the hammer blow. <laughs> this is arguably, and uh, this is found in the uh, legacy era, I think. Um, mm-hmm. It lets you double, uh, double. That's two times. That's two x. That is twice your strength bonus to attack rolls when, when making an unarmed attack. Whoa. So that's fist, boys and girls. So that's right. Wait, right? wait, 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 wait. Not not double your bo- not double strength bonus to damage. Double your strength bonus to attack. To rolls. attack. That's right. So double strength bonus to attack roll. So your fifth level Wookiee soldier with an eighteen strength. All right. So you'd have a plus nine normally to punch somebody. This is now a plus thirteen, boys and girls. So take your tongues off the ground. This. This and this only will overcome any base attack bonus that you had to suffer by level dipping in Scoundrel or Scout. Word. That's disgustingly nasty. Yeah. It's it's fantastic. Very cool. Yeah. Mm. I I think the majority of the Brawler talent tree is worth taking, but those are some really good standouts. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. There's also a couple good standouts in the commando talent tree. Now, if you if you guys are going to go the elite trooper route, a commando talent is needed to get into the prestige class. Um, and, and a few choices here are, are really a great boon to the martial artist. Um, the first one to me, the, oh. the first couple, I guess, are, are indomitable and tough as nails. Dude, I have them both. Yeah. How can you not? They're just two fantastic talents from the core rulebook. Let you heal when you need it the most. Um, I mean, as a man in the fray constantly, it's, it's, it's very, very important. Heck yeah, man. Now, TG, you're playing a, a noble character as one of your mains right now, and I think you might have extreme need of, of uh, protection. It might help if uh, your protection probably had the next talent. Which would put them in harm's way, ah. basically. <laughs> ah. uh-huh. uh, yeah. This talent is worth noting, as you may often be serving as a protector or bodyguard, when you're a martial artist, and few abilities are better uh, with shielding than, uh, you know, shielding that squishy noble like me, um, who's also your paycheck. So uh, take a look at it. It's in the core rulebook. Harm's Way talent. Pretty awesome. Excellent talent. Yeah. yeah. Well, the last talent tree we really kind of wanted to, to focus on for some standouts was the shock boxer talent tree. This has got to be your favorite, isn't it? Oh, I... Galaxy at War is giving me so much. I love it. I mean, listen, listen, being, and I know we said this before, listen, one of my first ever WEG characters um, back in the day with the bucket of D6s was a Barabel Shockboxer. It's got a place in my heart. Um, being a martial artist does not mean you have to have an Eastern flair. Jet Lee does not have to be your role model. Mike Tyson very well could be. <laughs> and and I, think, I think Star Wars has a fine tradition of boxing, shockboxing to be precise. Um, uh, there, there's several talents here that are, are 
very useful to a martial artist and any melee combatant, really. Dave, why don't you hit us up with the first couple that, that kind of function in the same goal? So that would be the nimble dodge and the retaliation jab. All right, Love them. So these will keep a foe on his toes and deal damage when he least expects it. Not only that, and it moves you to unexpected positions. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Those are mm-hmm. two fantastic for any melee combatant, not just a martial artist. Yeah. Um, my favorite, though, is kind of unusual. It's called Stinging Jab. It's a very odd talent. It's very unusual. It's very fun. Basically, you choose to deal half damage with an attack, okay? But if you connect, your foe deals half damage until the start of your next turn as well. So... It's kind of it's very odd, but it, it's great for a bodyguard because you don't ha- you don't have to do this against someone who's attacking you. If you're a bodyguard, you're trying to protect somebody. You give them a stinging jab, and whoever they're going after, they're only going to deal half damage. You know, or if somebody's just hurting you bad and putting the hurt on you, you can reduce their ability to take to deal damage for a little while. That's very helpful. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So to be a skillful soldier, what skills are paramount for a martial artist to train in? Oh gosh. Uh, there's only a, there's only a couple, but they're important. Uh, what did we say? Strike first. Strike hard. No mercy, sir. You want to be first. Yeah. Which would which would necessitate training in initiative. Initiative. Boom. Easy. Quick yep. reflexes. Yep, that's very, life or very, death. Very very important. Life or death. I think you also need to be very perceptive. Yeah. So you need to kind of know what's going on around you. Right. So that's also very martial artsy, wouldn't you say? Yes. Yeah. So more of a role-playing decision than a... <gasps> now, hey, 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 hey. We are talking about min-maxing here. This is not a role-playing decision. I it's just a, wanted to it's make sure yeah. it's that a, you're not trying to sneak in, in any role-playing stuff n- no, in our never. min-max discussion. Of course okay. not. Never. You take a okay. perception so you can see them better, so you can, mm. you can, yeah. you can get, avoid the surprise round. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's right. Okay. And just likewise, I would suggest that you take knowledge tactics to be trained in, not because it's a really great martial artsy choice that makes sense for someone who studies combat, but because it can help you plan an attack pattern and make use of the, the battle analysis talent from the commando talent tree. Very, yeah, very that, important. That's, min, that's a min-max decision right there. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm talking about right there. Right. So okay. what about what about feats? We got the feats yet because there's a buttload of feats you're going to need. Yeah, there, there really are. Okay. Honestly, there's a lot here, guys. A lot. We are not going to be able to cover all of the feats that a martial artist would benefit from by a long shot. But we are going to cover some that you really just can't ignore. <laughs> what? Uh, what? An, an episode title just came into the, the forums already. Episode 88, Sweep the Leg. <laughs> Love it. Sweep the Leg. Huh? Do you have a problem with that? <laughs> no, Sensei. <laughs> Oh God! Okay. I'm lost. Oh, oh Karate Kid, baby! It's it's a line from Karate Kid. Okay. Yes, yeah, we've been we've been yeah, no no mercy, sir. We've been we've been jumping all around the strike, dojo. Strike first, no mercy, sir. Right. What are you guys doing to me? I'm so off topic. Ah, okay. We're talking about feet of combat, and you're about to tell us about martial arts one, two, and three. Duh. I don't know how much. I don't know yet. Yeah, I don't know how much I need to tell you about it. As far as feats, guys, yeah, martial arts one, martial arts two, martial arts three. Yeah, no brainer. Enough said. You get them as quickly as you possibly can. Each one of them will boost your unarmed damage and your reflex defense. You need to get them. It's it's not an option. If you are making an unarmed fighter, you need to get all of them as quickly as you can. Yeah. You also need to get rapid strike. 
Yeah. Woo. It's an it's a basic feat, but it's very essential. And especially when you're at a lower level. So um, when you're an unarmed fighter, your basic damage is only going to be a single die. It's true. In this case, you get to add your strength. Normally, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but adding an extra die of damage is just going to make it that much better. Yeah, Rapid Strike is fantastic. And not only that, um, you know, my Wookiee uses Rapid Strike and and, uh, charges a lot. So improved charge is probably another good one. Ah, I like you improved know. charge. What's what's improved charge it's do for plus you? Plus four to attack and damage when you charge, dude. That's ridiculous. That would that could actually over, that would right there would overcome and then some the penalty mm. that rapid strike gives you. Right. So how about that? Wow. Right there. Yeah. I'm also a fan of power attack. Yeah, um, I like that. It doesn't too. get used very often, but you use it, Dave. Yeah, I do. I mean, it's a basic feat. It doesn't get any simpler than that. You trade you trade attack bonus for damage. But you know, since you're going to be struggling to get your damage boosted at those early levels, when you're faced with an easy-to-hit but tough foe, this could be an extremely useful feat. And the fact that you can choose how much you're going to subtract from attack and add the damage, very nice. Yep. Very nice. Yeah. Then don't poo-poo this one, but weapon focus, simple weapon. A that, plus one to hit. Mm, never, never poo-poo. It's something you shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when it applies to every single attack you make. Yeah. You see, that's a good point. I had someone trying to sell me on like, well, this feat says that when I'm I'm in cover, I get, you know, a plus one to attack. Well, dude, just take weapon focused rifles. Why? Because you don't have to be in cover. You're just gonna get a plus one to attack with your rifles. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, yeah, and then you take that, you wind up taking uh you have to have that to get weapon specialization simple weapons, and now you get a plus two. Uh, to damage. To damage. To damage. Yeah. yeah. So. Very true, very true. Can't poo-poo that either. There you go. There you go. Well, so, Dave, tell us about the grapple feats. Oh, dude, dude, We had our grapple lumping yeah, before. Yeah, if you're going the grapplers <laughs> before, dude, pin, crush, trip, throw, you know, boom. Boom. Battlefield control at its finest. Yep. You can't get wrong. That, that's kind of a build on its own. I thought it was important that we mention the grappling feats and and the various you know grappling talents because you know it it is useful for a martial artist to have these abilities and it makes sense for the character concept. But honestly, we could do a separate ultimate builds just on grappling. Right. Um, it's there. Uh, the last group of feats I kind of wanted to talk about were the martial arts feats, and I, I'm not going to get into each one of them, but. Um, it's a, this group of feats from Galaxy at War and encapsulates a variety of fun martial arts styles that are really built into the EU, the history of Star Wars. Here's the biggest thing to note about them, though. None of them, not a single one, are on any class's bonus feat list. So you will have to take them as character feats. All right? All the feats we have covered previously, every single one of them, are bonus feats for soldiers, not the martial arts feat. So choose, but choose wisely. Um, of the eight feats that are there, there are a couple that are standouts for any type of martial artist. Um, the first one being Ikani Training. Uh, it's a feat that also appears in the KOTOR Campaign Guide. And as a base benefit, it allows you to double your strength bonus to damage with an unarmed attack, as long as you only make one attack per turn. So what's that awesome talent from, from earlier, Dave, from, from Legacy Era Campaign Guide? Was it Hammer Blow? Yeah, it's the Hammer uh, Blow. So now you've got double, double, attack and, double strength to attack and double strength to bonus go bang i mean at low levels especially i mean this can be more powerful yeah. than the ability to make multiple attacks more powerful than a locomotive 
more powerful. And then there's a cool ability this feat has. It's a once-in-encounter ability. You can choose to make a single attack unarmed against a foe's fortitude defense instead of their reflex defense. Um, or no, excuse me, it's, it's both. You, you make an attack against their reflex defense, and if the attack also beats their fortitude defense, you knock them prone. Yeah. That's cool. That and then cool. The, the other martial art feat that I thought was worth noting was Stava training. Stava. Because those little no-gri, they know how to grab your ass, <laughs> by golly. <laughs> uh, and with this, you can grab people better, too. Uh, and yep. th- basically, this is an essential feat for a grappler build. So yep. sure take a look at it. Yep. So, okay. Um, moving to the prestige. So, oh boy. We have a couple choices here for prestige classes, each with their own benefits. And guys, I wanted to touch on them briefly. We're not going to get into a lengthy prestige class discussion, mostly because, one, we already covered the Elite Trooper a long time ago, and we will be covering the Martial Artist in its own prestige class discussion later on. Um, but for the purposes of, of how these fit into the Ultimate Builds, I thought it was important to touch on them, because they are where you're going to be heading. Um, Dave, why don't you tell us about the, the Elite Trooper? Um, All right, turn to page 211, boys and girls, on your core rulebook. And... Um, for a couple of years now, you know, it's really been the only choice for a serious martial artist, and it gave you access to the devastating master of Tereskazi talent tree. So, what was the only problem? Well, the fact that it wasn't easy to get into, and that many of the prerequisites were counterintuitive to the martial artist, but it's still a viable choice. So, it's got the best hit die in the entire game, being a D12. A really cool DR ability and access to Terras Kazi. So there are worse choices, but uh, it's still a very good, very good option. It, it is a very good option. And we are also, uh, I kind of kicked myself as I was writing the show notes because I didn't really get into the Terras Kazi mastery, the master of Terras Kazi talent tree. Um, it is page 53 of uh, Threads of the Galaxy, but the one key talent that we really need to lump back up there with the talent discussion. Uh, they're all fantastic, but Terra's Kasi Basics is the key talent there. And basically, you deal an additional die of damage with your unarmed attacks. And that's awesome. So think about this for a sec. If I've got a Gamorian martial artist with that primitive ability trait, uh, feat he has, the species trait, to give him an extra die of damage, and I rapid strike, and I have Terra's Kasi Basics, I'm dealing four die eight with my unarmed strike if I've got martial arts three. That's cool. You know, you add hammer blow to that or Econi training and four to eight plus what, 10, 12? <laughs> four to eight for hitting someone with your fist is just incredible. It is incredible. Well, TG yeah. of the other, pre- uh, the other prestige class option, why don't you, why don't you lay us, uh, you know, lay that on us? <laughs> I'd be glad to lay that on you. <laughs> Later. Oh, okay. This would be the martial artist. So, ladies and gentlemen, turn to page 33 of Galaxy at War. I'll give you some time. Okay, that's enough. Now we're talking. If you're there, you'll see what I mean. A a prerequisite class that's much easier to get into than the one Dave was talking about is solely and is solely focused on martial arts. That's what I'm saying. So you, you get access to the Master of Terra's Kasi talent tree as well, um, which, by the way, I don't think they mentioned is found in Threats of the Galaxy on page 53. Yep. I, 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 yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Yes. So it's kind of sad that I have to call that out, you know, of all people. 
anyways. Uh, they, they, do, they do mention it, actually. It's in the text, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, does it have any other talent trees? Yeah, well, it, it lays claim to two new martial art-focused talent trees of its own. And uh, it's probably the best choice by far. So the martial arts forms tree will enhance your existing martial arts feats extensively, and it gives you new techniques, while the unarmed mastery tree is full of, you know, the generic martial techniques that are great for any fighter, honestly. And the bonus hit point perk for tough as Durasteel is almost too good to be true. It, it, it is almost too good to be true. That's like where every time you connect with an unarmed with an unarmed strike, you gain bonus hit points. Just boom, just for doing that. Boom, uh, e- boom. equal to half your class level. Yeah. So just boom. Yeah, it's it's like DR that refreshes. It's very very cool. So those are a couple of prestige class options to consider. And lastly, as you're building this character, let's talk about gear. I think one of the biggest advantages of a martial artist is the fact that you don't need any gear. You don't need any weapon. You don't need anything. You are a weapon. You could walk Ooh. into a you know blaster bar, uh, you know a no blaster bar naked and kick somebody's ass. Um, I know I could walk into a blaster bar naked and kick ass. Terminator oh, first time. Yeah. <laughs> oh ha! Uh, <laughs> oh. Uh, oh dear. But there, there are a few pieces of gear, guys, that, that bear looking at because they do make what you do even better. Cortosis uh-huh. gauntlets. No, 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 uh, no. Right. That would be a, a couple casts ago. But why don't you, why don't you Dave, hit, hit us up with, um, with an item that... that combat no gloves, my friend. Combat gloves. Paint, uh, page 121 of the, com- of the combat rulebook. <laughs> 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 the core rulebook. Uh, this would be um, Old Faithful. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, weighted gloves that give you plus one to damage, and it's 150 credits. Why not? Can't, ah. can't go without it. But but TG, what TG? What if I don't want to kill you with my punch? What if I just want to knock you out? Well, you can always get stunning gauntlets, which are found on page 202 of the Kotor campaign guide, and uh, they're just a mere 200 credits, and they do what combat gloves do. But you're dealing stunning damage instead. Mm. Yeah. Very useful in the right situation. Yeah. They certainly could be. Yep. But once again, Galaxy at War made me extremely, extremely happy because they gave me shock boxing gloves. Oh, now, now we're talking. Now we're talking. Uh, this is the big brother of the other two. Uh, found on page 37 of Gaw. Uh, these do what both combat gloves and stunning gauntlets do. So they do give you a plus one to damage, and you can do either regular damage or stunning damage. You can switch between the damage modes as a swift action. And for 600 credits, which is a bit pricey, I still think it's totally worth it. Yeah, especially if you've mm. got like a noble with the wealth talent in the, you know. Oh, it's, it's 600 credits. It's not a whole. Yeah, seriously. Heck. So a, not a whole whole heck of a lot. Ain't nothing to it, man. Uh, so yeah, that, that's it. But those are some considerations, Gamer Nation, as you're looking towards building your martial artist. Um, keep in mind, as you're building, like once again, what your role is going to be. The thing, as we noticed, we, we talked about a lot of feats. We talked about a lot of talents. This is a very, very focused build. It's going to require, you're not going to have a lot of free time to play around, not a lot of free feats and talents to play with. You're going to want to take a look at what your role is going to be, and you're going to want to customize yourself towards it in the best manner possible. Because 
there are many martial arts options. Even the martial arts talents that we talked about from, excuse me, the martial arts feats that we talked about from Galaxy at War, they're very, very diverse, and they center around certain things, grappling, defense, being a beat stick, being a meat shield, being a meat stick, TG. Um, Woohoo! So <laughs> it's very important as you're building a martial artist to have an idea of where you want to go and what role you want to take. And that, more than anything else, will help define your character and determine what to choose of the various choices we have laid out. Yeah. So, hope this discussion has helped, Gamer Nation. And uh, if you guys have any other uh, suggestions for topics you'd like covered, other ultimate builds, prestige class discussion, anything else of that nature, please, of course, drop us a line. Uh, you can get to the forums at d20radio.com slash forum. Sign up, become a member of the Gamer Nation, and get your voice heard. Or, as was said at the top of the show, uh, you can, of course, email us, gmdave at d20radio.com, gmchris at d20radio.com, Tweet at goodness at d20radio.com. Or you can call the Lusa line, 206-600-5872. Who's that? But Chris, but, but GM Chris, you forgot to mention all those other feats. I mean, I know you said that you weren't going to talk about all those other feats, but there's a very important feat you forgot to talk about. There is a very important feat I forgot to talk about, and I want you to tell me what it is. Get your voice out there. Get to the forums and post up what we missed, <laughs> because everyone else will benefit by it. Oh, sad panda music. Yep, it's that time again. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in, Gamer Nation. We much appreciate it. Thank you to my co-host for providing me with another hour or two of absolute fun and wonderful distraction and great movie one-liners. Yep. <laughs> Thank you all. Um, I'm gosh, I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm I've still got a pack. I know I'm leaving tomorrow morning for business, and I, aren't you, I think you are too, Dave. I'm leaving tomorrow afternoon. Yep. You're 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 gonna be Chris. How long are you gonna be gone? Only three days. Okay, that's long enough. Okay. <laughs> awesome. So I'll only be gone three days. So I'll be in uh, um, Birmingham. Birmingham, Alabama, sir. Alabama, and you're going to the frozen north, aren't you? No, I'm going to Birmingham. Oh, you're going to. Are you? Yes, oh, I am. Oh, that's right. You're coming out there too. Yes, I am. Oh, okay, a couple of our colleagues are going to the frozen north. Huh. Yes, so. they are. Yeah, where it's going to be zero. Yeah, yeah, they they, they yeah. like an average temperature of zero, a high yeah. of thirteen. <laughs> I have to make a bet with my friends out there because it's Texas and Alabama for the national championship. We'll get to this in the post show. Oh, yes, we will. All right, Gamer Nation, thank you for tuning in. This is GM Chris wishing you peace, love, and good gaming. And keep them dice rolling. What, she turned her mic off. Now this time we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about <laughs> what she messed up. She's just not even gonna say it. I think after last week she was just remaining goofily silent. Ah <laughs> oh, yes, since y'all gave me such hell, I didn't know what to say this time. Yeah, sitting here scratching my head. All right, all right. And may they be full right. of the force. There you kudos, go. Kudos, teaching. Uh. Kudos. kudos. <laughs> <laughs> this is so what? I don't know. Huh? Hey, this is SHI38, or SHI38, as I prefer pronunciation. And I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. Day 
2020 Radio, where gamers roll. www.d20radio.com This podcast and related websites are not endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited, 20th Century Fox, or Wizards of the Coast, and are intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. The official Star Wars site can be found at StarWars.com. The official Wizards of the Coast site can be found at Wizards.com. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, D20 logo, D20 system references, all names, pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademark and or copyright of Lucasfilm Limited, Wizards of the Coast, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast and its related website, including graphical, textual, audio, and visual information, is the intellectual property of the Order 66 podcast. Post show. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. All right. So, man, two weeks. We were gone for two solid weeks. We were. A lot happened. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving uh, was good. I had a good Thanksgiving. So did I. We were... What did y'all do? We went and saw various family members. Ah. Spread the news. Spread the news of our impending fetus. The, uh, <laughs> the, uh, I think the most fun part was trying to tell... Chris's aunt. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Oh, yeah. So we're trying to be creative, right? And so, like, we got one of the ultrasound pictures and, like, put it in a box with, like, some little plastic uh, baby accoutrements and, like, had her open it up. And she's Well, because sta- I told her, because we told her, said, here, we saw this and we thought of you and we didn't want to wait till Christmas because we thought it's something you could use right now. And so she, she opens uh, it and stares at it for like a good she, minute and a half. And she picks up the ultrasound. She's like, what is this? And I'm like, we're like, it's an ultrasound. Of, of what? Of what? <laughs> and so Chris goes, a baby? She goes, a baby Yorkie? <laughs> I don't know why. And that's, I was like, I sure hope not or else that was a really crazy night. <laughs> wow. Uh, oh, was it? <laughs> The, the, the best part is, for those of you who are across the pond, it is it is a, the common um, American tradition that you have Thanksgiving turkey. You cook up a turkey with dressing for Thanksgiving. Um, my family uh, does not do this. Um, they cook is, Yorkies. Yes, we cook Yorkies. It is actually tradition uh, uh, for, my, for my family to have a, a standing prime rib roast with Yorkshire pudding uh, for Thanksgiving, which was phenomenal. I love Yorkshire pudding. Can't say I like the standing... Prime rib roast, but I love the pudding. Oh, I love it. So anyway, it was a good Thanksgiving. What about you, Dave? Uh, we went to uh, Orlando. Mm. We were. I was off in the land of Disney and uh, a soccer tournament for my daughter. In the land of Disney. In the land of Disney, and yes, we lost. We lost to the team that eventually won the whole tournament, and we lost on a very, very fluky goal. Um, that uh, just one of those, you know, when you get to that level, sometimes it's a bounce that is what's going to make the difference. And so um, I have talked ad nauseum about how much I love our goalkeeper, and she had a great tournament. 
she gave up one goal, and that was the goal that beat us. And uh, it was one of those where she actually made the save. It went off the post and then hit her in the back and went back into the goal. And uh, so it was a it was very fluky. Uh, but we, I mean, ultimately our girls had plenty of chances and could not put it in the back of the net. Um, mm. And it was it was just one of those deals where we missed two or three outstanding opportunities and um you know uh, it happens and and that's you know that's just the way you it goes it uh it wound up uh, a team uh from uh, uh you might have heard of it old school because it's on your neck of the woods a team called arsenal is who beat us and um um and they went on to win the whole thing so uh yep 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 we should have beat them though should have beat them um just one of those things uh what else anyway yeah but disney was great dude i mean we hung around uh we hung out at disney for uh for two or three days after the tournament was uh you know courtney and, and my daughter are very good friends and so we hung out with uh cindy and i hung out with her mom and uh the two kids and um her brother dylan and just made a made a weekend of Disney. We went to the Animal Kingdom, which is greatness, and went to uh, what's the other one? Hollywood Studios. Yeah, yeah. The Hollywood Studios too. is pretty cool, dude. If you guys rock and roller coaster is freaking amazing. Oh, awesome, dude! Rock and roller awesome. coasters, greatness. Okay, so tell this story. Oh, what story? Oh, the one we made you not tell because we were going to wait till push Leia up. and Luke dressing up for Halloween. Oh, not Leia and Luke. Leia and, and Han. Uh, okay, this this came from a... Um, um, okay, so I have a, a friend, actually, <laughs> Courtney's mom and dad, um, who uh, Cindy and I are pretty close with. And um, they always dress up. They have the same... Uh, they've, they've had the same costume for quite a while. They're, they're like uh, cows. For for Halloween, and uh, and I make fun of Dan because so he's creative. got yeah he's got those you know those udders sticking out and I look it's Jose Jose B Jose C and Jose D, <laughs> and uh, so they finally retired the costumes this year, and uh, got got uh, Han and Leia costumes. Nice now Leia white robed bun Leia or that's the one that's the one they got but um, you know of uh, course of course me being me I don't have a governor on my on on my uh, on my mouth and so um, yeah I kind of got into trouble when uh, when I um, I told her she should have been um, slave Leia yeah yeah not 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 the best thing to say in front of somebody's husband boy you really look hot in that gold bikini smack. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Party foul, dude. Party foul. Major party foul. But uh, no, I'm gonna have to say uh, uber creative on their part. That was okay. That was that was over dramatized actually because uh, uh, I said that and Dan said, you know, that's what I told her too that she should get the the (laughs) the the slave Leia. (laughs) That would be funny. See, for for our part, TG and I were talking about they have. I saw online. It was six sixty five, seventy dollars. I didn't get it. Um, they have an inflatable job of the hut costume. Oh, dude! And so I was joking that TG and I should go house Halloween next year as Slave Leia and Jabba, but she should be Jabba. <laughs> <laughs> I would do that if I was Jabba. I would do that if you would honestly dress up as Slave Leia. 
Oh, dude, God, they would be- blind. The trick-or-treaters would go blind. Uh, we wouldn't do trick-or-treaters. we just go to parties, but that it'd be, be fun. That would be hilarious, dude. You guys it would might, be you guys the life of the party. I mean, seriously. You might even win a prize. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. Dorothy GMs in Echo Base. My eyes! Oh, God, no matter how hard I scrub, it won't come out. <laughs> wow. Okay, so there's this video game out there that I've been playing, and TG hates it because it's like I don't spend any time with her anymore because I play this video game. Uh, I don't hate it. I, I enjoy watching the storyline, but at this point... I've seen the storyline all the way through like five times. So Dragon I have to play Age. with the different character options. That's uh, how it's done. Anyway, yeah. the game I was speaking of is Dragon Age, which if any of you have not played it yet, it is like the bomb diggity with awesome sauce drenched all over it. Um, I don't know. I had an argument with the coworker because he absolutely hated it. He said it took too long to get into. It wasn't role-playing enough for him. I'm like, are you kidding me? Um but anyway, if you've ever played Mass Effect, which was a phenomenal game at one game of the year, several different people gave it game of the year. It's basically Mass Effect D&D style with more options and a crafting system. Can't go wrong. On steroids. On steroids. And, you know, the whole party control, everything. It is an absolutely phenomenal game. Great storyline. Um, and Wait. once again, reinforces the stereotype in my mind that no matter what kind of fantasy setting you're playing in, dwarves are dwarves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With a slammer. Yeah. Yeah. But Bioware did it. Um and they you know, they don't do anything bad. They just don't. I mean they did the Kotor games. They just yeah, it's Bioware. They don't do anything bad. I mean, you know, sweaters coming out soon and Dude, it's it's awesome. But the past Now you have you have switched to Assassin's Creed two, yes. Two, which I love watching you play Assassin's Creed two. You're just a big fan of uh of, of 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 SEO. Yeah, I'd so do him. I'm sorry. <laughs> on the list. On the list. On the list. <laughs> if I could put a video game character on the list, he would so be on there. <laughs> <laughs> but Assassin's Creed 2, another wow. great game. I liked Assassin's Creed, even though it got a little repetitive at times. This is like head and shoulders above the above its presence. Yeah, they they really have. They kept everything that was good about the first one including the hotness of the character, and wow. uh, made the things that were annoying not annoying I'm anymore. really impressed because I always thought I was creepy by, by wanting to put that bounty hunter on the, on the um, Star Wars The Old Republic trailer. That doesn't make you creepy. That, wo- that woman bounty hunter I thought was just the hottest thing, and now that you're saying that there's another video game character that you think is hot, it makes me feel a little bit better. About yeah. myself. Well, well, I, well I'm, for, for you, you know, if I've done nothing else this year yeah. except for make you feel better about one of your weird quirks, then there you go. I'm set. I'm happy. I'm done my good deed. Yeah. Well, it's not that unusual. Listen, Dave, for years I've had a crush on uh, Crash Bandicoot, and who? Oh my god. <laughs> who? I must yeah. know oh, who see, you have look a crush at this. on. Okay, look at that. Here, here comes here comes the chat room saying that. Yep, that bounty hunter chick was hot as hell. <laughs> Damn Skippy. <laughs> if she existed in real life, I might have to travel to wherever it is that she lived to drink her. A, gal- a yeah. galaxy far, far away. Yeah. she. T- oh, hey, Cat checking in. That's awesome. Oh, speaking yeah. of Cat, did did we say that Geekapalooza was going to come back? You yes. Did, you did say that, yes. Oh, we did? On the last show we did? Mm-hmm, yes. Oh, yes. Okay, well, never mind. Apparently, Dave doesn't listen to this podcast I, I don't either. listen to my own podcast. I, I forgot if we put it in, in post-show or if we were talking after the show completely. I don't remember. 
Yeah. All right, so let me tell you a story. Sad, sad story. Of a man named Jed. All right, so uh, my my wife's birthday uh, passed while we were in uh, in Orlando, and uh, we had a little birthday thing there. Um, but we had our birthday party at a, a place called the Electric Cowboy in Louisville, here in uh, North Texas. Do they play that country music stuff there? Yeah, it's country, and they do you know they do normal nah. dance music mixed in with the country, but. Um, it is mainly for cowboys and, you know, you Western types and all. Anyway, so all the girls got together and they, uh, they do what girls do and they all went to the bathroom together and they took a picture of all of them in a ba- in the bathroom, right? They weren't actually in the bathroom. They're in the hallway outside the bathroom. And, uh, so they got some guy to take the picture of them, you know, standing in the hallway outside the bathroom. Well, the guy okay. was, the guy was with our group. Um, and, uh, the owner's wife, bitch, was in the room, was in the bathroom, and walked out into the hallway and saw this dude taking a picture, and proceeds to throw him out of the establishment, basically Why? blowing up our party, because he was in the bathroom, in her opinion, he wasn't, he wasn't, he was in the, he was in the, anyway, and, and so, uh, I proceeded to... Um, tell the owner that he was full of shit, that there was no way on earth that he was going to screw up our, our birthday party. And so um, we, uh, yeah, we, we, we wound up cutting the party short as I, we just lost somebody off Skype. And um, so what I'm saying here is uh, we just don't. We'd like everyone in North Texas to just never... Um, Never really go to the Electric Cowboy. So I'll tell 5,000 people out here right now not to ever go. And if you guys choose not to, then great. But uh, you can add this to my list of uh, Taco Cabana and uh, whatever, whatever else, uh, whatever else it is that I uh, that I hate to uh, to frequent on a regular basis. So yeah, it's just. Uh, it was unfortunate, and uh, yeah, Chris. We lo- I lost Chris, and I lost uh, Krista, both on Skype. I hope uh, nothing is uh, is absolutely terrible with them, and I imagine they'll call now. Now they're they're conning offline completely. So, um, yeah, either their house blew up or their um, router took a gack again. But uh, aside from that, I think we'll pause the show because I need to get into some Tiger Woods talk here in just a second. And uh, yeah, a meteor hit their house. That is exactly it. So we'll pause for a second and uh, and be right back. Well, good. You We've got them back. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. Never I'm happy. purchase a uh, Linksys wireless router. Yeah, uh, that's what I told you, man. That's what I told you. He Go did. Netgear. He actually did tell us that. Go Netgear. So yeah, so okay, so I'm I'm railing about Electric Cowboy and that nobody ever needs to go to to Electric Cowboy to add to Hooters and to add to Taco Cabana, and um and then you've got the the whole uh, don't get a Linksys router thing. So yeah. there yeah. you are. You know, you I think your suggestion to not go to Hooters is actually working. Chris and I were going, we were downtown Dallas last night at um heading to my company's party, and uh, it. What? At, ha- at House of Blues, they they rented out House of Blues, by the way. Yeah, we rented out the House of Blues, um, for it, which was awesome. But it's not too far from the Hooters. That's on. That's in downtown, um, 
and we're sitting at a stoplight, and the Hooters party bus drives by. It's empty. <laughs> nice. I'm like, oh, that's kind of sad. That's that GM. That's the power. <laughs> that is the power of GM Dave and right there, baby. There's this giant help wanted sign in front of the Hooters. It's hilarious. <laughs> it is true. That's so great. <laughs> that is so great. All right. So, uh, speaking of bad husbands and Hooters. Uh, what the hell is Tiger Woods' uh, problem? I don't know. I really don't. I mean, he. I. I. I I had this discussion with. uh, I had this discussion today during soccer practice when, uh, well, with Tammy, who I was just talking about. We were sitting there talking about how he. uh, They go through such great pains to position him as this. You know, it's almost like brand recognition. You know, it's almost like they handled him as a brand, um, and then only to uh, to basically have his uh, little tiger there get him in trouble. And and that's just you know how guy is that. After all this, he still can't keep his clubs in the bag. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> all right, baby. That's. Do you great. know how rich he is? Yeah, I know. Oh, of course. Do you have any idea with, how with, much money he could he could go on national television tomorrow and say, "I hate people with cancer and children with leukemia. They should all just die anyway." Ah, and people would be outraged, and he would never make another dime, and he would live the rest of his life as a rich, comfortable man. That's right. What I really want to happen is uh, for uh, what's her name, Erin or Ellen Nordgren, whatever her name is. Uh, you know, and I would really like to see her take her fifty percent and get the hell out of there. I don't know if it's really any of our business, frankly. That's what pisses me off about all of this is, fine, whatever. He So he cheated, and I would be pissed if I was in her situation or whatever, but I don't think yeah. I have the right to say one way or another. That's just, that's just my opinion. I would, I, the reason I think of it is if Come back. I okay. were— Come back if, and if talk to me happens, in five years. When you're okay. raising when you're raising your kid as an athlete to look up to another athlete as a role model and then he does this, it's crap. Well, then that's when you sit down with your kid and you tell him that that's crap. But I don't want other people judging me and the relationship I have with my husband based off of a tidbit of information that they happen to hear through whatever source they heard it from. Oh, like a like and a voicemail. So I don't think it's fair to do it in return, even if he is a celebrity. Yeah, well, but that's that's the price you pay sometimes. Besides, it's America. Infidelity is just part of our culture. When a U.S. no, president, it's not. When a U.S. president can do it. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. One Chris, in one in five. You really, you want to take that stance with your wife on here? One yeah, in problem, five. <laughs> one in five guys. One in five. Yeah. Guys will be unfaithful. And that's just the way it is. One in 4.69, if I remember correctly. It's funny how it's 4.69, but... <laughs> well, it's 1.374 women will be unfaithful. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. So, all right. So, um, enough about the cheating bastard. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, I've got... Uh, this This music is, is especially, especially for World Cup talk. Uh-huh.
All right. I love that song. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it's the Dropkick Murphys. It's uh, something like uh, ship uh, ship off to Boston or something like that. Um, shipping up to Boston. That's what it's called. Yeah, Dropkick Murphys. Um, the U.S. Uh, draws England and Slovenia and some other stupid country that I don't remember uh, in uh, Group C of the World Cup. And, dude, it's a dream draw, man. The U.S. doesn't have to travel very much. They've got two cakewalk teams in there. They will they will advance to the round of 16. Of course, they're gonna if they finish second to England, they're gonna meet a buzzsaw in Germany. But um, wouldn't uh, you know, now earlier old school who's in Glasgow was saying that the entire nation of Scotland would thank the U.S. if they knocked England out of the running. We I doubt very seriously we'll be able to knock England out. But if we beat them in group play, then we send them to face Germany in the round of 16, and that's where they would most likely meet their demise. So, you never know. I, I mean, the U.S. could finish second and then uh, have the have the um, the hand the uh, the handling uh, redemption game because you know last time in the World Cup that dude uh, that dude stopped the goal with the back of his hand. That was should have been a handball, but of course FIFA. FIFA doesn't let Germany or France lose on a hand on a handling violation, so that's just the way it goes. Rigged. It is. It's absolutely rigged. Yes. 100%. Now, TG, you know, I know you've never been to you all. You've been through Europe, but you've never spent any time in Europe. No. Um, I would love to go over to like Scotland or you know, and, and just like get involved in a good, good, good football hooligan riot. That would be fun. <laughs> maybe maybe we could. Maybe we could take the baby. A riot. Hey, yeah, you know, you're never too young to be involved in your first football riot. And to answer the question in the chat room, Darth GM, how do you go through Europe and not spend any time there? You're on a flight to Africa and your plane lands for an hour and a half. No, it was four hours, but I slept the whole time in the airport. You did. Why everybody you know, else yeah. went you, out to the cafe slept, in Amsterdam. You slept the whole time in Amsterdam in an airport. <laughs> you had four hours hey. in Amsterdam. You didn't get out and see the sights. <laughs> yeah, I had four. There's there's a very good reason, which we could go into later. It, I had just spent a month in Africa. Okay. <laughs> I was tired and ready to come home. Nice. Nice. Sleeping made me get home faster. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. All right. So when we go to Atlanta, to Atlanta, when we go to Alabama, you know, we're going to have to make a bet with those Alabamians because it will be the Longhorns of Texas and the R- Roll Tidians of <laughs> of uh, of Alabama. That crimson, Alabama. Alabama, sir. The Crimson Tide of Alabama. Forrest Gump uh, was on, uh, speaking of, Forrest Gump was on TV during Thanksgiving. Nice. That Mm -hmm. is... uh, Okay, so this was great. Um, We're playing a game of cribbage. Oh, I love cribbage. Okay. Chris's mom, yes. So we're playing a game, and Chris and me and his mom. And we're coming down to the end. And it's pretty close, but it's pretty obvious that I was going to win at that point. I mean, anything can happen in the last couple of hands of cribbage. Did she shoot the moon? Five minutes till the end of the hour, Chris's dad walks in from his shop and says, okay, you've got a decision to make. In five minutes, Godfather comes on 
No, it was Casablanca. Casablanca. Because that's Chris's favorite, or Forrest Gump, which is my favorite. Oh, wow. Stare at him. <laughs> it's like, all right, this game, whoever wins gets to choose which movie we watch. Oh, nice. So we watched Forrest Gump. Beautiful. Yeah, because I kicked his ass. Yeah, she, she beat I am she, the queen of Outer Mineolia. Yes, you, uh, you beat me <laughs> handedly. You, you pulled a 16 out of your ass. The last hand of cribbage. So I did. It was beautiful. Sixteen. Uh-huh. Damn. That's a good hand. Uh-huh. Right In a three-person cribbage game. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's not easy to do. Dude, that's a six, seven, eight, eight with a nine. Booyah. Yeah. yeah I think that's pretty much what I had. That's really? almost exactly what I had. Yeah. Oh, it, right. it was a it was a four five. Uh, it was a it was an eight eight seven six five. Oh, that okay. That'll work too. But yeah, that's not bad. It's yeah. not. That is not bad at all. I'm yep. Impre- I'm impressed by that. That eight came up on the draw, and she gave me this little bitty smile, and I was like, oh, crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how it happens. Yep. That's how it happens. Yeah. So, all right. I guess uh, I guess that's, uh, that's about it, unless you guys have anything else to talk about. Well, hopefully we'll be We're back only next week. One baby. <laughs> what baby? What? I said we're only having one baby. Oh, yeah, that's right. Y'all are only having one baby. We're only having one baby. Last time I think we were on, there was some question people were wondering. Oh, right. Somebody put it up, and it's like, no, we wouldn't have a right. sonogram. There's oh, one yeah, baby. I forgot. That's right. Star Trek Online. Star Trek Online. All right, yeah, mm-hmm. I am, uh, yeah, I am in the closed beta. I can't talk about the whole game. But what from a standpoint of the Order of 66, the guild, we will have the 66th fleet uh, that I think Darth GM is going to like head up. So awesome. check the forums, man. Start check the forums, and and we're we've got I know we've got a thread already up there about forming the sixty sixth fleet for Star Trek Online, and and the game looks pretty good. And Fiddleback was talking about you know how it you know starship battles and all that, and it really is cool. It really is cool. I I can't wait till I can talk about it, and I'll talk at at nauseum. So yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be fantastic. Oh, one other thing to mention, because I've gotten two or three emails about this so far from listeners um, asking if TG and I were going to be at Gen Con uh, this coming August, or next August, um, because, of course, we had planned on it, but uh, uh, then the, then the, feed, the fetus happened, um, uh, which, is, which is a good thing. Um, so the baby's due in uh, the, July first, 10th. the first half of July. Oh my gosh! You better remember that date, or I swear. Oh, calm, calm, calm. Simmer down, Tiger Lily. Um, <laughs> now, uh, at three weeks, a baby's good to travel, and actually, they say it's the best time to travel because the kid does, does nothing but sleep. Um, and there is nothing I would like more in the entire world than to bring uh, that child into the world via Gen Con. I think that would be epic, stars aligning, beautiful. Wondermissness. Um, if the kid comes late at all, that may not happen. And it, it, it's not so much for the kid's sake, but you know, really yours. yours. Yeah. They, how, how well am I going to feel after giving birth? Just a week ago, you know. Yeah, yeah. They 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 get it. So, um, so there is that. And the thing is, with it up in the air, I mean, we haven't really decided yet. I'm leery to pony up money on Travelocity or anything like that for a plane ticket or, you know, reserve a hotel room 
if I don't know. And if we, and it's not like it's, we would be able to do it, you know, three weeks before. I'm sure we could, but the likelihood of being able to find a hotel where we could, we we could probably get a flight, but not a hotel. No way. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know yet. The answer is still a firm, maybe. Um, with a more likely not, we're not gonna we're not gonna do it ahead of time. Yeah. If it happens, it would be three weeks before. Yeah. Before we would know. So it's a it's a firm maybe this year Gen Con. However, Dave. Dave's a yes. Dave is a yes. This will be your first Gen Con, if I'm not mistaken, sir. Yep, it'll be my first Gen Con. And I'm a little angry angry if we're not able to go because I w- I wanted to show you around the stomping grounds. <laughs> <laughs> but uh dude you're gonna have a blast the point is gamer nation there will be a d20 radio presence and an order 66 presence at that's gen right. con come august so fear not that's right and i will be i will be uh, modeling the uh, loveliest addition to the d20 attire the embroidered d20 radio polo shirt ah uh, yes ah uh, yes ah uh, yes so as soon you as can as... wear the polo shirt dirty um little, little like you know three days of sweat on it uh, untucked with a pair of shorts and some sandals, and um, and look very trendy. You'll look very trendy and fit right in. That's right. Mess up your hair. Mess up your hair. Get a good, get, get, get a good like week's growth going on on your face. You'll be all right. Oh you'll be my. you'll be doing good, man. You'll be doing really good. Chatter the edge of your your like khaki shorts. Oh yeah. Yeah. You'll be hip. Hip oh, and yeah. styling, big time, man. Get the get the messenger bag. You're good. You're good to go. Big time. See. That's what we need to do. We need to um, have these D20 radio polo shirts out for people to order beforehand so that they can all wear them. Oh, well, we are working on that, are we not? Of course. Of course. And we're so close. I'm very excited. We're, we got a, You sent me an email like a little while ago, and I gleefully just forgot to respond to it about picking out um, uh, 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 dice colors. Not necessarily for the Gen Con dice for next year, but we're coming up fairly quickly here. On the, on, the, on the six month mark for our D20 radio contributors. Yep, we're just a couple of months away, and uh, I was about to uh, laugh. Failing your, failing your uh, input, I was about to uh, to choose the uh, Aurora Borealis dice uh, dice pattern. If you guys want to go look at it, it's a it's a really cool translucent purplish kind of. Uh, since the purple is kind of the color of the of the guild, and and uh, you know purple and black is like our colors. It uh, it really it really looks cool for the uh, for the D twenty uh, radio official D twenty radio dice, not the not the special edition Gen Con dice that we do every year, but uh, yeah. So it'll yeah. be good stuff. Yeah, we have to we have to finalize that. It'll be after the holidays before we get all that, but it's like March before the dice start going out to people. So yes, and if you want to get in on the action of getting free dice and uh, other stuff for being a contributor. Uh, check the forums. Uh, check the actual the main website and uh, click on the swag link. And basically, it's if you want to subscribe and be a contributor, it's two bucks a month. You get like special red uh, title to your name in the forums, and you get to be a contributor and get dice and stuff like that from us. So uh, access to dice and other cool things as they come out. That's right. So there you are. So there we are. Yep. All right, boys and girls. I think we've got a title already, right? Oh, yeah, Sweep the Leg. Episode 88, Sweep the Leg. Ah, I don't know what it means. Oh, oh we'll YouTube God. it tonight, honey. All right, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll watch <laughs> it. 
We'll watch it when Chris is out of town. Wink, wink. Oh. Nudge, nudge. You're going to be out of town too there, buddy. Well, shite. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, Gamer Nation. Good night. Good luck. We thank you again for allowing us to invade your personal space. And there is no Snapple in Copeville. say farewell but I know where several are if my dreams get real bizarre 
because I saved a few and I keep them in a jar. I'd like to make myself believe that planet Earth turns slowly. It's hard to say that I'd rather stay awake when I'm asleep. Because everything is never as it seems.